Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. I, if you can tell, have a little bit of a lingering cold that is causing me to not have a great voice, so... I'm going to do my best to keep it short and snappy, but you never know. Sometimes I get pretty passionate about a topic and I just can't cut it short. Uh, So today I wanted to talk about, you know, I honestly wasn't really sure what I was going to talk about today. I've gotten some ideas from people and I'm definitely going to incorporate them into the upcoming episodes. But as we are doing our bedtime routine, um, how we do it here is... Our youngest, who's two and a half, goes to bed. You know, we we do all the jammies and brush teeth and all that stuff. And then the youngest one goes to bed with um, either my husband or myself. And then my older child, who is five and a half, will have special time with the other parent and then go to bed after that. And so on this particular night, it was my night with my older child. My younger one, we recently stopped using the nook, like, we just say at a certain time we're going to be done with it and then we remove it and we just deal with the emotions that come. We don't do any of the like, like I've heard, I don't know if people actually do this, but I've heard so many times like start cutting it shorter and shorter. And I just feel like that's not something either of my kids would ever be like, oh, this isn't quite the same, but I'm going to still use it. They'd be like, um, there's nothing wrong with this and I can't use this one. I need a different one. So anyways, he is even more, uh, like wanting me to rock him at night. And so it was his dad's night to rock him. And so I, I said my good nights and gave him a hug and all that stuff. And I went into my older son's room and we were playing Legos and for, probably for at least a good five to 10 ish minutes, my youngest was crying in the other room. And the thing I want to talk about today is that when one of our, or your child, if you only have one, um, or one of your children, if you have more than one is crying for you and calling mommy, you know, as they're crying, it can be really hard not to want to just like jump up and go in and, and rescue them. Right. But today I want to talk to you about why we actually shouldn't do that or the benefit of not doing it. So obviously, hopefully, if you are married and your spouse is in with your other child who is crying for you, hopefully there's a trust and a safety there that you know your child's safe with that person. And so we're going to just assume that's the case and that, you know, your husband can handle the crying. So when we kind of go back and forth, like, kind of go in there and try to soothe them back and then come out and 
like peek her head in and say, I'm, I still love, I love you. Good night. You're okay. That sort of thing. And then we pop out and they're still crying and we want to come back in and give them a hug. When we do that, all that flopping back and forth, we're actually communing to, communicating to our kids that we're unsure of this decision. Kind of like similarly when you drop them off at a school or a daycare and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this one more time. And then okay, I'm going to do it one more time and then I'm going to go. You are actually creating more uncertainty in your child because you're coming off as, I don't know about this. I, I don't feel confident in this de- decision. And so when your child is with you know your husband in the other room crying for you, being confident that my child is safe, my husband is a great caretaker for my child, he can listen through the crying, he can be comforted, and we know that it's a safe situation. We need to be confident in that and say our good nights, give some extra hugs if needed, and then leave. And as much as it pains you, do not go back in unless your husband is like, okay, I need to tap out here and I need a little bit of a break. The second reason why I think this is really important is that it gives our children the opportunity to process things like separating from us because sometimes, you know, I was just having a conversation with another mom and talking about how there's not maybe the same reaction to separation from the dad as the mom, but when you are with your child all the time or a large majority of the time or a lot more than your spouse because of work or whatever, your child is used to separating to that parent, right? They're, they're used to leaving that parent, being with you, and then, you know, going about their day, doing whatever, whatever else. But it's less likely that they are separating as much from us. And so when we have create that separation where our husband is with our child and we're either out of the room or with a different child, there's an opportunity to process some separation anxiety from us as the mom because they're safe with their dad. Um, but then, you know, we're separating from them. And if we don't have that opportunity a lot, it is a good thing for our kids to work through. It could also be other things that have come to the surface, other hurts from the day or the week or the month, um, that haven't been fully processed yet. And so it, the crying, I think it's really hard sometimes to recognize that crying is a good thing when the child is supported through it. So I wouldn't suggest like let your child cry alone in the room, but when your child is with their dad or with maybe it's a grandparent or somebody else that you fully trust um, and know that they're going to be safe and calm with your child, if they are able to support your child through the crying, that's actually better than stopping the crying because we are then stopping the feelings from being released. And when we do that, it causes a lot of other, you know, your child's carrying a lot more weight. They're carrying a lot more things that they're trying to stuff in and hold in throughout the day. They might have more behavior because they're struggling to keep that in and they can't they can't focus as much and concentrate on the other things that they need to be doing. Their impulse control is lowered. They might become aggressive more easily because of that impulse control that's lowered. So even, you know, even like in school situations, they might not be able to focus as well because their brain capacity is being so taken up by trying to control all the feelings that they have. And so giving them this opportunity to process through feelings is a good thing, even though sometimes it might not feel that 
that way because we have been trained that crying is something that we need to stop or comfort our child with, but we can comfort our child in a way that doesn't stop the feelings from coming, but allows them to process through and feel safe through that. And then the third reason is that it builds more connection, right? It builds more connection with dad. And that can be a really, especially a great thing if your husband has to work all day or, or works longer hours or, you know, whatever the case might be for your family. Sometimes it's hard to build some really strong connection like a child does with their mom because oftentimes we're the ones, you know, dropping off at daycare or at school and picking them up and bringing them to sporting things or, you know, taking care of them after school while dad is on his way home from work and just having all that that extra time to connect and play and talk. And sometimes our spouses don't get that if they work later, you know, they come home and it's supper time and then it's get ready for bed. And it's we're just kind of in this really fast paced moving schedule and there's not a lot of downtime to just connect. So if that's the case for your spouse, it is a really good time for them to connect because your child you know, is, is allowing feelings to come out. Your spouse is allowing that to happen and supporting them through it in a way that allows them to continue to clear out what is bogging them down. And afterwards, that safety and that trust that's going to be amplified from doing that is only going to bring more connection. So the next time that you find yourself in a situation where your husband has your child and your child is screaming, mommy, mommy, I want you to feel comfortable and okay with the fact that you don't have to rush in there and save the day. Your child is doing great things by offloading feelings. Your husband is doing great things by supporting your child through the feelings. And I know it's really hard. Trust me. It has taken years for me to get to a place where I don't feel like I need to go in there. I mean, even probably maybe even six months to a year ago, I would have heard the crying and thought like, okay, I know he's fine. I don't need to go in there. But like deep in my heart, I was like, oh, I just want to go in there so badly. You know, like I just want him to feel comfortable. I want him to know that I love him and I'm here for him. But our kids know that. And um, it's not necessarily about us. It's about what that separation from us is bringing to the surface and some of that separation that's coming up. And it is really important that our kids are processing this in a safe and supportive environment because if they're not processing it now, they will at some point have to process it or they're going to continue to learn patterns of pushing it down, keeping it in, hiding it, and that's going to transpire into other emotional strongholds, maybe perfectionism or different struggles like that. So I hope that can be an encouragement to you if you are someone who just struggles hearing your child cry and feeling like you have to get in there, but maybe you are with another child like I was and you're kind of caught in the balance between how do I make sure I'm giving my attention to this other child when I feel like this other child really needs me. So let me know if you have any questions, any specific behavioral questions. I would love to answer them on the podcast or speak with you one-on-one. Um, either through email or messages. You can find my contact information in the show notes. And if you are really struggling with a behavior or you're just struggling to get out of the continuous cycle of, you know, threatening to get the behavior that you are needing or bribing or using reward systems and then 
you know, maybe sometimes it's not working. If you're like me, you have a child who the more we try to, I mean, I, I don't do this often because this just isn't how I, how I want to parent. But when I do, like when consequences do come to my mouth, because they do sometimes, because sometimes in the moment it feels like that's all we have. It's almost like it makes it worse. Like it's like he's got that rebel personality that's like, oh, you're going to threaten that on me? Well, I'm just going to go do this and in your face sort of a thing. And so if you're stuck in that cycle, being triggered, feeling guilty afterwards because you lost your cool, because you yelled or whatever it is, and then thinking, you go to bed at night thinking like, I'm going to do better tomorrow. And then the cycle repeats. That doesn't have to be your reality. It doesn't. There are so many ways that I can help you customize these strategies. I know maybe sometimes I think like I'm giving out so much information about how to implement things, but there is just so much individual work that can be modified and changed and adjusted that it really truly does help to have somebody in your corner one-on-one guiding you through. And the best thing that I've loved about doing the Behavior Blueprint sessions is that you have um, Voxer access to me throughout your entire um, coaching package. So whether that's just the two-session package or the six-week, um, you have Voxer access 24-7. Obviously, I'm not responding 24-7, but that is my priority to respond. And... Um, through that, you can in real time be explaining to me what is happening and I can guide you on how to utilize and implement these strategies in a more unique and specific way for you. And so I wanted to share, in case you missed it in my last episode, a testimony from a family that I have been working with that can hopefully encourage you if you are on the fence to just dive in. You will not not, not regret it. I promise I would never encourage you to do something that I didn't feel wholeheartedly would help you and your child. And that's my heart behind it. I don't want you to go to bed every night feeling guilty, um, feeling triggered. And I don't want your child to go to bed at night feeling like they can't show their emotions because you don't know how to handle them or feeling like they're misunderstood. And I think there's so many ways that we can just little adjustments that we can make that will make huge transformations and impact in your day-to-day life. So I want you to listen to this. And if it's something that you are interested in, or you just want to get more information on, head to the link in the show notes and check it out for yourself. My husband and I reached out to Kaylee for her blueprint behavior session with our son just a few weeks ago. Our nine-year-old son had been exhibiting some very defiant and anxiety-based behaviors. And as parents, we just did not know what to do next. After our first hour-long Zoom call with Kaylee, my husband and I were absolutely amazed, and we walked away with more knowledge from that call than what we've ever gotten from the five years of OT that my son has been going through. Kaylee helped explain the reasons for our son's behaviors and how to better connect with him so that we could understand what emotions he might be going through or what fears he might be having and how to help strengthen our family relationships. Kaylee is so knowledgeable, her pediatric OT background and her motherhood journey lends itself perfectly to this type of work. She's in your corner and she will be with you every step of the way. Her knowledge has helped our family so much exponentially. Please reach out and let her help you. You'll be so glad you did. 
Real quick, before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.